right, it's time for J-Stock here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali, Julia Kreutz with you. Jays drop a 3-1 final in Fort Myers to the Red Sox. Only six hits from major leaguers from both teams combined. Jays got two from Kirk, one from Schneider. Red Sox got one from Jaron Duran, Trevor Story, and Masataka Yoshida. So all the other hits in this game, Julia, from prospects and minor leaguers. And I know there's some worry in some sense about the Blue Jays offense, but that tends to be the story this early in the spring campaign. And look, show, we need to also understand this was a, a long bus ride for the team. I, uh, I, I wonder if uh, there was a little bit of sluggishness to, uh, to, to be spoken about. So many of the regular guys didn't even make the trip, right? Because it's uh, at this point in the, in the, in spring training, it is maybe more important to develop and work on things and, and just stay put instead of putting yourself through long bus rides uh, to the other side of the stage, really. So I can't really blame the Blue Jays uh, for this one. It did seem like both teams were a little bit slow to start Mm. uh, offensively. We saw pretty good outings from the uh, starting pitchers here. And let's not forget, again, that uh, Cutter Crawford is a a major leaguer. He's a big part of uh, of the Red Sox rotation and uh, what they're doing moving forward here. It's, uh, again... Nothing to to be desperate about, but I do understand that at some point the Blue Jays have to start winning some spring games here because uh, what we're seeing uh, basically from fans is a little bit of frustration right now. Jays lose 3-1 to the Red Sox in Fort Myers. That's Julia Kreutz. I'm Show Ali. Jays Talk is across the Sportsnet Radio Network. You can shoot us a text at 590-590, name and location. We'll get to those in the next couple of minutes. You mentioned Cutter Crawford. First mm-hmm. of all, Crawford does have a, I, I never noticed this, even though he obviously did pitch in the majors, but he has a very interesting kind of hitch when he throws the ball. He kind of pulls it back and then he pulls it back one more time before he releases. Yeah. It's very interesting to look at, but you're right. He is a major leaguer and Alejandro Kirk hit a, like an absolute bomb today. Certainly not out of off of Crawford. He did hit a ringing single off of him in the top mm. of the first inning. And then after Crawford departed, he uh, he hits the home run. But two hits from Kirk today, including that one single off of Crawford. It was promising to see that from one of the three regular major leaguers in the lineup. It was just Kirk, uh, David Schneider, and Santiago Espinal, who were major leaguers who have played for extended time in the in the in Major League Baseball. The other guys who p- played for the Blue Jays today, all prospects and guys trying to carve out some room for themselves. Right on the roster, but it is good to see Kirk getting in rhythm early in the spring. And Ben mentioned it when we heard the Kirk home run, you want to see the first half of 2022 Kirk, as opposed to 2023 Kirk, you want to see the 2022 version of him for most of most of this season. And it's just, again, you take it everything with a grain of salt in the spring, as we always say, but it is good to just see him start on time and I mean, the first home run he hit a couple, like I guess last week, yeah. it was kind of a cheapy. This one was over the like pseudo green monster right. in, in Fort Myers. Green monster South. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, you nailed it. I think that it's uh he's starting on time, right? We spoke a little bit about this show, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of a chip on his shoulder here, right? There has been a lot of narratives around Kirk and around what he can and can't do as a major leaguer. And for a guy who is competitive, who is, you know, who is in Major League Baseball, you would expect that to light a fire under him. And, and I think that that is 
what we are seeing in part from Kirk. We know what his bat can do. We know what he can do in the box. Uh, we understand that there is power potential there, but he's also extremely diligent. He's extremely patient. The bat-to-ball skills are what differentiates him and, and even make up for some uh, of the areas that he may lack in. And, and again, we saw that today. We saw the single, the taking whatever it is that the pitcher is giving you and making the most of it. And then we saw the middle, middle pitch, which he just did not miss. So when he can pair the discipline and the patience and the bat to ball skills with the power, which is also there, then we see Alejandro Kirk at his best. And so far this spring, we have seen him at his best more often than not which has got to be a positive sign, not only for the player, but also for what the Blue Jays are trying to achieve offensively that uh, was a little bit of miss, not just for Kirk, but for a bunch of the guys uh, last season. So what do, you, what do you think? The spot for Kirk in the batting order, Jules, you look at, and I suppose Kirk's spot and Jano's spot will likely just be interchangeable. Um, I'm sure it might, it might depend on, obviously, health, for Jansen and, and Kirk as well. But when I think of how to best construct a batting order, when all the, all the regulars are in there, I got, you got to think it would look something like Springer, Bo, Vladdy, Turner, and then the catchers. Like maybe if they're, if they're hitting fifth, is that the right spot? Because, because here's the thing. Like if you had said that last year, right. It wouldn't have been that great because Jano missed a bunch of time and Kirk was not hitting all that well. And we had a lot of conversation about him hitting into a lot of double plays. We've seen maybe once one of those mm-hmm. so far this spring. But uh, if, like if, if you think you're going to get first half of 2022, all-star Alejandro Kirk, then batting fifth probably sounds right behind Justin Turner. I would say that's what I would have said. Yeah. Either number fi- number five or number six. Again, it's all going to depend on how he is hitting and his ability to adjust that launch angle in order to avoid the double plays. Uh, a guy who lacks athleticism like Kirk does, uh, you need to put the ball in the air. Otherwise, uh, things are going to get ugly really fast. So early in the spring, it's looking like his spot would be around number five, number number six, depending on how the other guys are doing as well. This could uh, change, of course, but it's still, I believe, too early to sort of make any sort of prediction here. Um, however, if you're John Schneider and you're starting to piece this together in your head, it, that's uh, that's most likely what they're thinking of. I see some text here on the text line, Julia. Let's go to it. The people's text line, 590-590, name and location, always open. I see Greg from Hamilton. He says, this team is the same team as last year, but with Kiner Falefa instead of Chapman. The biggest mistake, not having a power bat at either in either left field or at third base. One more productive bat is what they need. And again, same problem as last year. They will have trouble driving in runs frustrating with three exclamation marks, which, you know what I think is fair. It's like a valid thing to feel frustrated with certainly how the off season went. And, you know, even, even if it is just a spring, I don't really pers- personally, I, I care not even one bit about the results in these spring games, but, but you do want to see them win sometimes just because winning is fun. So I, I, I do understand the frustration. I also don't entirely disagree when it comes to one more productive bat. I think there's also reason for, for this on my end to, to Greg's Greg's point it's not as though there are no productive bats that could help you 
out there on the market. Like I brought up Adam Duvall, Absolutely. thanks to a texter's point at the in the pregame show, I would take Adam Duvall as the fourth outfield uh, fourth outfielder in a heartbeat because he I think he does provide some pop even if he is thirty five. JD Martinez is still sitting on signed out mm-hmm. there. He's and he he could probably be a capable infielder for the Blue Jays this year. You would think probably more DH, but I mean I don't know. JD Martinez could probably play third base. Mm-hmm. I would I would think he has in the past. Uh, you know, whether it's a Robbie Grossman or a Tommy Pham or any of these guys, they probably, that probably would help mitigate the issue of power. And again, I don't know if that's something the blue Jays want to do. Cause we've heard Ross Atkins talk so frequently about internal options. I think maybe I would have felt better about it. Had we had seen or Elvis Martinez, we didn't really see him all that much today. Not Just feel, it, and we haven't seen him a lot this spring and you and I are pretty high on him, but he hasn't played a ton in the last you know couple of days. Let's say. Here's the thing. If the Blue Jays get the type of bounce back season that they are expecting from their current players, such as George Springer, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., even Kirk himself, if Danny Jansen can stay healthy, uh, Dalton Varsho find a little bit more consistency. If all of that goes right and they don't sign another productive bat, then they're going to look pretty good, too because basically it was the correct bet or the correct mindset in investing in whatever is going on internally. However, I've, uh, I've said this a couple of times recently show, when was the last time that everything went right for a team sure. in major league baseball? That is a big ask, especially in a long season and especially for a contending team. So I would agree that it would be prudent to at least look at the market and make some phone calls and try to get another guy that can drive in those runs and that can fill a more of a fringe role for the Blue Jays in a tried and tested way. That said, again, this uh, we could be having a very, very different conversation in October if the current guys on this roster actually can bounce back and, uh, and produce more than they did last year. I see a text here from Eddie and Fort Erie uh, during the pregame show. I heard you guys talking about the fifth starter battle. I would put Paolo Espino into the conversation. I know he's a non-roster invitee, but it's something to think about. I see a lot of Marco Estrada in terms of how he pitches. Very crafty, makes hitters feel very uncomfortable. Trevor Story, perfect example out of the three strikeouts by Espino. It's a good point. I mean, the at the beginning of this the game... The it was a pitcher's battle, as Ben mentioned on the broadcast, and both Cutter Crawford and uh, Paolo Espino looked pretty good early on. And then uh, the first runs of this game weren't scored until the sixth inning, I believe. So, uh, you know, it's 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 something or Kirk hit the home run, but then they didn't start scoring a little bit more until the sixth. And I don't know. It just one of those things where I definitely don't hate the point of by from Eddie, but I do think. I still have not seen enough from Espino to say that I would feel I would feel comfortable with him as the fifth starter to buoy a team in the regular season. That's I think that's why I would go with Bowden Francis, if only because like the difference between Espino and Francis for me, Jules, is that we got to see Bowden Francis pitch in the major leagues last year, and he looked like he could he could hack it. He looked like he belonged, right? I think that's a that's a big part of it for me. It's why I'm relatively high on David Schneider. He didn't do a lot today at a hit, and he was fine. And you've asked me before, like, what would it take for David Schneider to not be on this roster? Honestly, it would take a lot. It would kind of take a lot for, for him to not. He had to play really, really, really poorly to not be on the roster. And I think that's kind of how I feel about Bowden Francis. Like, someone has to really stand out and blow you away, or the incumbent has to be really bad. I don't think either of those things have have happened. Espino has been fine, but I don't think yes. I don't think he's done anything to 
displace anyone else. Yeah, this isn't to discredit what Espino has done, which has been remarkable. And we also got to watch in the broadcast the the interactions between him and Kirk and the, the impetus in learning each other and communicating and being on the same page. It's very clear that he's putting his best foot forward here and uh, he's working his hardest. But uh, with a guy like Espino... This is more about organizational depth. This is more about making sure that you have the pieces in place if everything else uh, goes awry or if something, if, if an injury hits or, or things of that nature. Uh, and uh, it's looking like a pretty good minor league signing for the Blue Jays here that, uh, that he is uh, performing as well as, as, as he has. However... I do not anticipate him being the number five starter show. Yeah, I would. I would be. So, I, would, I almost feel like they'd rather give the chance to. I mean, if it's not Tiedemann, and we got some Tiedemann uh, semi news from Ben right. Nicholson Smith right before the game started, and if it's not Tiedemann, if it's not Francis, I almost feel like it's more likely you'd see. I don't know, like Mitch White be this the, the yeah. fifth starter over over Paolo Espino, not because I think he's that he's going to be a starter, but just they clearly. I think have faith in guys like that first. If they give those guys the chance first uh, over other players like Espino, but uh, Hey, who knows? Maybe things change between now and the end of the month. We are, we're less than a month away from the beginning of the regular season. Uh, let's take a quick break, Jules. And on the other side, we'll go back to the text line. I see a text here about Addison Barger, who I did want to talk about. He did impress. So we'll talk a little bit about Barger. Uh, certainly take a look at the lineup and uh, get to that Tiedemann news from BNS. So still lots to come. One more segment to go on Jay's Talk across the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali, Julia Kreutz with you for another couple of minutes. Jay's drop a 3-1 final in Fort Myers to the Red Sox. Still some time to send us a text line question. 590-590, name and location. Get to those straight ahead. You can also reach us on Twitter or X, SNS Ali with two L's for myself, at Julia C. Kreutz. K-R-E-U-Z. Nicely done. Yeah. So I, I, Not an easy one. I've had a lot of practice writing it down. So I, <laughs> I, if I got it wrong, I feel like that would reflect poorly on me. But I uh, appreciate you being alongside me, Jules. Appreciate everyone listening, being alongside us. Uh, let's get to those text line questions. 590, 590. I mentioned the Addison Barger question. So this is from Paul in Burlington. I obviously was not listening to the Neston call. We had we were listening to Ben. But uh, he says, agree with the Boston announcers. Addison Barger looks the part of a big leaguer. Could this could be this year's Schneider give the team a second half boost. And I will say of all the players beyond Alejandro Kirk, who obviously hit the home run, mm. I think the guy who stood out the most for me was Addison Barger. He, he was in right field for a chunk of the game. He actually made a great throw to the base, uh, to th- the third base, rather a long throw. He was close to that wall, that kind of half right. wall retaining wall where the fans are, where the, the netting is. And look, the runner did beat beat out his throw, so you can't make too much ado about it. But I thought it was a great throw, and he did, to Paul's point, just look like he belonged in that game. He made everything look relatively routine, which is what you want to see. He is one of the more high-regarded Blue Jays prospects already after kind of breaking onto the scene last year. And Like you mentioned in the pregame, he missed some time last year in the minors because of injury more than anything else. And then shortly after that throw to third and the seventh inning, he had a solid line drive hit to get aboard. So he did stand out. And again, in, in limited action, but that's, that's notable for prospects here in the spring. And listen, that throw, he actually made it close. He actually made it 
a play. It, it could have been completely off the mark. Let's remember that uh, he's the third baseman, right? It could have been completely off the mark. It could have been an issue there, but it was right on point and it really showed the arm strength, which is certainly uh, an asset for Barger uh, when you're talking about the left side of the infield and watching that somewhat translate, obviously very, very different set of skills, but to watch him be able to hold his own as well in a different position. This is all about building avenues for Barger to make this team eventually. And if he can carve out an outfield role, then guess what? He will have more chances to, uh, to get at bats and to, and to make the the Blue Jays team. It's true that he seems like he belongs in the sense that uh, he's not getting tricked. He's not uh, getting, making the moment too big or anything like that. Are the two strikeouts to go with the hits today ideal? No, they are not but we're not going to make any sort of decision based on uh, three plate appearances in on March 3rd, right? So that's, a, that's just not what, how the Blue Jays are operating here. However, you look at how he played in right field, that is very much the stuff that the Blue Jays are looking at right now at, at this point uh, in the year. And uh, he more than held his own there. I think show that uh, if he has a few more performances like that in him, then the conversation becomes a lot more interesting. And how exciting would it be to see a guy like Addison Barger in the majors sooner rather than later? As we are talking about perhaps, you know, the lack of that more impactful bat, the uh, the offseason having gone slow for the Blue Jays. If you if the Blue Jays can get a guy like Barger actually going early on and contributing, then all of a sudden these uh, early narratives are going to lose their strength a little bit and we are going to focus on a more uh, positive note for the Blue Jays. It's true. It does feel like we haven't had very long conversations about Barger this season in the sense of where he fits in the third base platoon situation because I think a lot of the conversation in the last couple of weeks, especially in the last week, has been dominated by IKF, obviously, because he's on the team, but also Matt Chapman, and now he's a giant. So that's out the window. So I feel like this almost a secondary conversation has often fell to, okay, well, who's going to be the, if they're going to platoon, who's the other guy going to be? Is it going to be Eduardo Escobar? Is it going to be, I don't know, could it be, not Alan Roden, but could it be Elvis Martinez could it be someone who's not on the team still? And Even early Ernie Clement could be the guy. Sure. We don't know. And he started at third base today. And yeah. I don't think it was it was a, a bad start by him by any means, but I don't think we, we got to see anything really particularly flashy right. out of a lot of guys today. So I'm not sure that any any opinions were changed for better or for worse on Ernie Clement, but maybe maybe Addison Barger is going to be a part of that conversation. I still, know, I, I still would be hard-pressed to think he's going to be on the active roster to start to start the season, yeah. like at the yeah, the, what three weeks from now, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But I could still see him again in the same vein of the conversations we've had about Aralvis and Ricky Tiedemann. I could see him being on the roster come a couple months if if the yeah. power outage continues to be an issue from last year and into the spring, into the into April or May. Even I could see that being a conversation we have more. But I don't know. Yeah. It certainly feels like they're going to go with the guys who have, who've been proven to start the season. It seems like that is the case more often than not. And yes, Barger is going to have to prove himself in uh, at least two positions to, to make a case for himself. And something else that we are going to look at is the pitch selection is the ability to stay with the ball and to not try to do too much. And uh, 
when you look at the strikeout line, maybe that's something that uh, he must keep in mind for the next game, for the next time that he has an opportunity to play in front of the major league coaching staff. It's uh, it's pitch selection because we know that he has the power show. That's uh, that's pretty undeniable. Uh, he has the physique. We saw a foul ball of his that uh, was just oh, yeah. foul. And he ripped that thing. Absolutely Man. smoked. So that is all there. And for as for most prospects trying to crack uh, the major leagues, it is about staying patient and waiting for your pitch. So in addition to the defense, that's also something to look out for with uh, with Barger here. Yeah, bats left too, right? He's, uh, he's 24 years old uh, and... The fifth ranked prospect, according to MLB Pipeline. So someone who is relatively highly viewed in the Blue Jays uh, system. So we'll see certainly what his uh, timeline could be. I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of Barger in the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, Certainly someone we hope to see more from in the next couple of weeks. Someone we have not seen anything from because of the knee slash hamstring issue was Ricky Tiedemann, the number one ranked prospect in the Blue Jays system. So this is from Ben Nicholson Smith. He and Arden, Arden's dwelling, of course, the guys were at the player development complex in Dunedin today. He tweeted this out before the game. Okay, Julia, this is what he said. Hmm. Ricky Tiedemann was encouraged after pitching one inning in a simulated game in Dunedin, Florida today. Fastball at 95, 97 miles an hour while mixing in lots of sliders and some change-ups. Yusei Kikuchi, who also pitched in the game, said he is, quote, really jealous of Tiedemann's stuff, <laughs> end quote, which is great. Uh, but hey, I, I got to say, it, it does, uh, it is very encouraging. First of all, it's nice to hear you say, say that about another teammate because right we've, we've actually heard a lot about Kikuchi's like kind of maniacal work ethic in the last couple of seasons. Like that story about he built, he built a mound at his house and he was like throwing, yeah. he's throwing whole games at his house essentially. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but to hear him say that about a young man like Tiedemann is also very cool from, from a, a bona fide major leaguer like Kikuchi. And it also gets you kind of excited about what you might see when Tiedemann actually gets into some game action. You hope it is maybe if not this week, maybe early next week. But if he's already facing live batters at the player development complex, then maybe we are closer to seeing Ricky Tiedemann than than we were a couple days ago. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll say this about Yusei Kikuchi too. He is low-key, sneaky funny. Okay. Uh, he's just, he <laughs> is a character. And it's uh, it's interesting when that comes out in uh, in interviews as well, because, it, you know, he's he is a cheerleader. He is a guy that is there for his teammates and, uh, He's a favorite of his teammates because of that uh, sort of low-key, uh, funny personality that he has. And so to see him interact with Tiedemann like that too, huge positive when you when you get that sort of of uh, of compliment from a guy who has been here and done it, who has struggled and has come back. This is a this is a pretty important moment for Tiedemann. He anticipates that he will be ready for his next start, according to uh, Keegan Matheson, my colleague. So. Wait. We are probably going to see Ricky Tiedemann in Grapefruit League action sooner rather than later. Probably this week then. And Yeah, that's right. And it does seem like if everything goes according to plan here and the way that his workload has been uh, building up, he will also be ready for the start of the season, mm-hmm. which would make him a possibility to crack the opening day roster. Is that going to happen? Who knows at this point, right? Show there are a lot of question marks involving that number five spot uh, in the rotation for the Blue Jays. But seeing Tiedemann uh, not only you know, throw well, uh, but also come out of it feeling good, feeling healthy. We know that whenever he throws at the PTC, there's always teammates huddling around who want to see it because, you know, it's, it's always sort of a, 
uh, a, a spectacle to watch when uh, when Tiedemann throws. Today was no different. He really focused on that slider, which is arguably the least strong of his three pitches. So he's threw a lot of that, even got Dalton Varsho for a K uh, with uh, with the slider there. And so you see the uh, the intention to get better and to keep evolving and uh, to work on what may not be the biggest strengths for him. The changeup is amazing. It, it has been amazing for <laughs> a few seasons now, and, and we know that he has the velo and he can reach those 95, 96s. Now, if, uh, if the slider gets to a point where it's kind of similar in terms of quality from the, uh, the fastball and the changeup, then he will have a very, very well-rounded repertoire and he will be significantly closer to cracking the major league roster. So this was a uh, very, very cool to see and, and to see the slider not only play, but play well here, uh, huge, huge positives for Tiedemann. Absolutely. I can't wait to see him play in a game. And I hope that is this week. Uh, obviously, Keegan will be covering it, BNS, Arden, all the beat writers down in Dunedin and in Florida, across the whole state, I'm sure, are very excited to see what Tiedemann's got. Uh, Julia, this was a lot of fun. We'll be back next weekend. Always a lot of fun, show. Thank you very much. That is Julia Kreutz. I'm Show Ali. That does it for us here on Jays Talk. Appreciate you being with us on Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by your local family-owned Crown Rust Protection. Protect your vehicle from rust today for a special offer. Find your local family-owned Crown at crown.com. Canada's number one rust protection. For Julia, for Ben, for Ed, Tom, I'm Show. If you are listening via podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe if you are considering leaving us some stars. As Blair likes to say, means the world to Barker. We're out of here. No weekday Jays talk during the spring. Like I said, we'll be back next weekend. Have a wonderful week, everyone. We'll talk to you later.